everybody. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to the Powder Puff Girls. I'm Daria. I'm Taylor. I'm Emma. And I'm Nicole. And today's episode is called Intoxication. That's right. Today we're going to be having a little tax lesson about everyone's favorite Schedule 1 drug. Cannabis, aka weed, kush, that good good, pot, Mary Jane, and so on. Schedule one, I've heard of that, but isn't that for really bad drugs? Well, technically, schedule one substances are the most dangerous drugs. They're not used for medical purposes and have a high risk of addiction. So think of drugs like meth, heroin, LSD, etc. Yeah, marijuana was classified as a schedule one drug in 1970 by the Controlled Substance Act. But for 30 years before that, it was actually legally taxed in the United States. Really? It was? Yeah. The Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 actually placed the first tax on marijuana in the U.S. And that led to an increase in usage, actually, um, before it got reclassified in 1967 as a Schedule I substance. Um, If you're interested in learning more about that, if our listeners are more interested or more interested are interested in learning more about that, excuse me, um, and about the history of the legalization of marijuana, specifically with regards to the Tax Act of 1937, uh, check out our friend's podcast, The Tax Treat Bros. So if Nixon reclassified marijuana as a Schedule I drug in 1967, how did we get to the various legalization stages that we have today? Well, states tend to legalize medical marijuana first, and then they legalize recreational marijuana. So if you take Vermont, for example, they legalized medical marijuana in 2004, and then they slowly expanded the qualifying conditions. And then in 2011, they regulated access to medical dispensary dispensary dispensaries. <laughs> and by 2018, weed became legal for possession and cultivation for people over 21. Yeah, and I, I recognize that trend too. I remember back in 2018 when CBD became legal in all 50 states. Um, so we could end up seeing a trend like that leading up to legalization of marijuana at the federal level. So what conditions does medical marijuana help with? Um, It's got a variety of uses. It helps with nausea, chronic pain, anxiety, appetite, and it's even been shown to slow down the growth of cancer cells, among other things. Okay, so we know marijuana, weed, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, has varying degrees of legality in different locations, but when it's legally being sold, what units are we dealing with? How do you tax one marijuana? Well, there are three different methods that state and local governments use when they're determining the tax. Some will use a percentage of the purchase price as their method, and that's pretty much operating just like a sales tax. Others tax by weight. When you say weight, do you mean they weigh the entire plant, or are we being taxed on stems, the flower? What are they taxing on? I actually think I read that there are different rates depending on the product. So, for example, in California, they levy a $9.65 per ounce tax on the flower and then a $2.87 per ounce tax on the leaves and I believe $1.35 per ounce tax on like the fresh plant material. 
Yeah, exactly. So for the weight-based tax, it depends on the product, but they can also tax it depending on its potency. So the level of THC. But right now, Illinois is the only state that does that. Don't they do the same thing with alcohol tax, a higher rate for drinks with a higher percentage of alcohol? Yeah, they do. Um, the most the most popular taxation method is the first, the percentage of the purchase price. But some states levy these so-called ad valorem excise taxes on top of their general sales tax. Yeah, I think the ad valorem excise tax is important to cannabis specifically because it could correspond to the potential harm it could cause and costs it's internalizing, but that doesn't have too much connection to the price it's being sold at. Yeah, and because of the taxes, those prices are pretty high. It's probably part of the reason that even though the cannabis industry is so lucrative, it hasn't blown up in the way that people predicted because it's still so expensive for recreational users to buy legal cannabis. Well, what about medical users? Is there financial benefit to getting a medical card and qualifying as a medicinal user? I heard in Vermont, there's no sales tax on medical marijuana. Yeah, there are only a few states right now that have it on the docket to stop charging sales tax on medical marijuana because it's a prescription. Well, technically, it's not a prescription. It can legally only be a recommendation or a referral. But it comes from a doctor, what? Yeah, so because of the federal laws surrounding marijuana, physicians don't prescribe it in the same way that they do painkillers. It has to be a recommendation if the patient qualifies under the state regulation to purchase it, and those are based on the qualifying conditions by state. Yeah, so generally speaking, prescription drugs aren't subject to sales tax, but marijuana can't be a prescription until it is no longer a Schedule One drug. From a state local government perspective, you could make the argument that there's not an incentive for the reclassification of marijuana because with it being a Schedule One drug, businesses cannot deduct ordinary business deductions other than cost of goods sold. So they're reporting a much higher amount of sales or uh, amount of taxable income. Thus, they're bringing in more profit for Uncle Sam. Oh, really? They can't take those ordinary business deductions? Are you serious? Yeah, according to IRS code 280E, quote, no deduction or credit shall be allowed for any amount paid or incurred during the taxable year in carrying on any trade or business if such trade or business consists of trafficking in controlled substances, specifically with regards to Schedule 1 and Schedule 2 controlled substances, with which is prohibited by federal law or the law of any state in which such trade or business is conducted, end quote. Wow, that's an interesting point. So I guess that explains why so many cannabis businesses operate out of Canada or Europe. Yeah, so you could even argue that there is financial incentive for the reclassification of marijuana for tax revenue purposes, because even if taxable income is lower with ordinary business deductions, maybe more marijuana businesses would begin basing themselves in the U.S. Exactly. Like Seth Rogan's cannabis company, actually, he said in an interview that he chose to base his company in Canada because the U.S. has a bunch more taxes on marijuana. Yeah, he probably has a great accountant who told him that. Seth Rogen, if you're listening, please let me be your accountant. CPA certification coming 2023. (laughs) So either way, we know there's a lot of tax revenue coming in. 
Yeah, it really is a lot. I remember reading that Alaska's marijuana market grew more than 10 times from 2017 to 2019 and is sitting at about $19 million right now. Yeah, for sure. And when we look at how states are using those revenues, it really does depend on the state. So sticking with Alaska, for example, Alaska allocates half of its tax revenue to a general fund and the other half is sent to programs aimed at reducing repeating criminal offenses. Wow, that's really interesting. And I think that that's especially relevant now when we're seeing politicians talking about reducing the sentences for inmates with possession charges and especially marijuana possession charges. Yeah, and I think there's a a very traceable connection with the legalization status of marijuana and incarceration. For example, I know there was a huge increase in drug-related, or we know rather, that there was a huge increase in drug-related incarceration rates um, after the Controlled Substances Act was passed. Um, Some sources claim that it's as high as a 500% increase, though it's hard to say how much of that increase is a direct result of the act passing. Well, it is cool then to see Alaska reinvesting those tax revenues into programs that help repeat offenses then. Definitely. And there's a lot more that states use their revenues for. Um, Washington has the highest recorded tax revenues, and we see them putting that money towards health care programs. Yeah, I think the most popular programs for states to put revenue towards is education and health care programs. Yeah, Colorado puts a lot of their revenue into education programs, and that's something else our homies at the Tax Tree Boys mentioned in their podcast, so be sure to check that out, guys. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that is interesting, too, being in Alabama, because, you know, there's been some talk about whether we should start a state lottery to try and raise more tax revenue to put towards our public schools and education programs, and that was a controversial subject. Yeah, that is very interesting, especially if that revenue was coming from legal marijuana sales. I know Auburn University um, is doing a trial involving avid marijuana smokers, and these results may help speed up the path to legalization. That is definitely interesting. It'll be cool to kind of see where that trial goes over the next few years and how that affects the future of marijuana sales and potentially that legalization. Absolutely. Well, that is all that we have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in to the Powder Puff Girls. Make sure to tune in for our episode next week.